You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr. Richard Clark. I think that the teams need to transform themselves into a publisher. They need to create a game because they have to create a compelling product, a compelling entertainment game or set of games that are managed by a holding of these teams. These are not sports. Okay, this, is not, this, is, this is entertainment, okay? Someone else puts sports and that's a, that's a mistake, okay? Because they don't want to behave like sports. The problem is that they are creating a huge audience. And maybe other sports, real sports, want to get interested in that because they think that they are going to lose uh, audience. You feel a hunch of this when you go and you see what your kids are doing. I have kids and you have kids. They don't watch football. Hi there, welcome to Sports Content Strategy. My name is Richard Clark, or Mr. Richard Clark on all social media if you want to find me. Sports Content Strategy is my consultancy. I aim to help rights holders, federations, clubs, athletes find their story, tell their story, reach their audience and potentially monetize their audience too. My guest on the podcast this time is Oscar Ugaz. He's a management consultant with expertise in digital innovation and strategy. He's also a former digital business manager at Real Madrid. Under his guidance, the club successfully launched new functions in e-commerce, digital, online video and social media. Nowadays, he teaches on the club's MBA program, as well as in many other business schools. But most importantly, Oscar is a thinker. He's someone who builds and then tests his own mental models of revenue generation. This podcast came about after he posted a diagram analysing how a football club can incorporate esports into their core business. Now that's something no traditional sports organisation has really achieved as yet. So, right here, right now, we're going to explore Oscar's idea, as well as the challenges any highly successful traditional sport like football is going to face from the gaming industry in years to come. Come to my website, mrrichardclark.com, to sign up to my newsletter, read my blog, or contact me for consultancy, or conferences, or any other matter at all, really. Anyway, Let's talk to Oscar about his idea for esports. My name is Oscar Ugas. I am a former advertising executive. I get very excited about the internet and everything digital back in 2000. So I go to work for a, an agency in Latin America who is uh, dedicated to that thing in that time, a very little agency. Uh, as soon as I start, I receive a call from a headhunter that asked me to enter into a sports organization to develop all his digital strategy. The organization was Real Madrid. I was digital business manager of Real Madrid. When I arrived to Real Madrid, Real Madrid have a very old website. When I stepped out of Real Madrid, Real Madrid have multi-language website, e-commerce, social media, online video, part of mobile things and stuff like that. I, and I have less hair, okay? <laughs> so I, I get both. I go back to my agency. I keep working in digital, but it's big, but at the same time, it's a small sector of, the, of, of football. Everyone knows each other. Based on that, I work with other sports organizations, some work with AC Milan, some work with Euroleague. And also Real Madrid um, has an MBA program. And I teach everything about digital, strategy, innovation. And so that's, that's me. Part of me is, um, is de- dedicated to digital, not, now not only in sports, in other sectors. I work from real estate to telecommunications to consuming. And also I have this other academic side when I do this and I also give conferences and stuff like that. Thanks for your time, Oscar. This conversation comes out of a diagram, a graph that you drew, and it was entitled, Can Football Clubs Integrate Themselves into the Esports 
ecosystem. Now, on this podcast, I try and answer questions. So, mm-hmm. and, and you posed a question there. So just tell me, what were you trying to do with this diagram? Um, and what did it say? Obviously, I'll put the diagram in, in the show notes so you'll be able to see it as well. But, but just no. sum up what you were trying to say. No, well, the, the, the thing is that this diagram of the ecosystem of the ecosystem of CS Sports is a diagram that is already done. Okay, so it's very clear where is the the publisher, where is the teams, where is the where are the, the stream services, all the different elements of the of this ecosystem of esports. No? The big question is is where did football needs to enter? So it's it's not a it's not an easy an easy answer, you know, because what it needs to be done here? Who has the power in this ecosystem? It seems that the power is in the is in the publisher. The football club can enter as a publisher. Well, football clubs are not publishers of of e games, okay? Of, of, of excuse me, of, of of internet internet games, no, of of games, of games of the, the games that we all know that you play on PC or the play that you the games that you play in consoles. Football clubs don't do that. They give the license rights to other companies to do that. A football club can enter this site? Well, no, because it's, it's very difficult for them to change their actual business model, maybe. Uh, a football club can enter in the ESCORS ecosystem uh, via making a team? Well, yes, it's possible. Maybe football clubs and do- have done it, but the teams, how they are managed inside ESports are different than they are managing in, let's say, in real sports, you know? Uh, the dynamics with the players are different. The legal aspects with the players are different. There are no, for example, a ruling body like FIFA that you can, if you have a problem with the player, you can go and, uh, and ask FIFA or talk with FIFA about this and you can find a result because there's going to be an arbitrary procedure or something like that. Can a football club maybe enter and transform themselves into a streaming service? No, because they are not a streaming service. Football clubs don't do that. So the situation or... or how the, the um, football clubs can integrate them, themselves in this ecosystem with the objective to eventually obtain, let's say, somehow of benefit, is very difficult. Okay, and on the other hand, you have the, the other question. You, know, you say, okay, we enter in this in this ecosystem of esports with football clubs to do what? To to maybe try to sell to these guys who are playing these games that are uh, young people and stuff like that, uh, football things. People that are playing, I don't know, Dota or League of Legends, they are going to be, well, because they see Real Madrid there or they see Manchester or they see PSG playing there, I don't know, League of Legends and Killing Dragons and Gnomes and I don't know what. They eventually will say, well, now that you have played this and we are involved in here, hey, buy a shirt from the football club. They are going to do that. You are going to be able to maybe make a cross-selling out of this type of people who is playing these very unusual things that are completely different to what is football. Okay, is that, that is the objective. The objective is to be there not to lose relevance. The objective maybe is to transform maybe the football club into an entertainment platform when you say, well, we are a football club, we also have a basketball team, we also have a lacrosse team, and now we have an eSports team. Okay, very few football clubs have this vision to be clubs that have more than one sport. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich are one of them. They have basketball. And, you know, but... They are going to make all this effort to say, no, and now we do something very different that is eSports. And we go and we send people to kill dragons and gnomes or to kill people in counter-terrorist actions like when you play, I don't know, this Rainbow Six or I don't know what, what game. 
is this is this what 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 they are going to do? They are going to transform themselves into entertainment platforms. That's a very very uh, very big strategy and a very um, extreme contortion for a football club. <laughs> so what is the objective? So I think that at the end of the day, not only that you have an ecosystem that is very difficult to enter it, it's also that I think that the sports organizations like football club have no a very clear objective of the implications that they need to take in, in consideration when they enter in this ecosy- ecosystem and what they are trying to do with that. What is the benefit that they are going to have with them? Maybe it's something that is going to mean that they need to stop being only football clubs, you know, and be something completely different, okay? And that, that, that's, that, that's the main thing. So it's, it's, it's a question. And on the other hand, you have a very, a very concrete reality is that younger generations are investing far way more time playing this type of games or be consuming this type of entertainment than watching football. So maybe you say, you are you start thinking that maybe football is going to slowly, 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 slowly low in relevance. Well, it depends how slowly it's going to be. Maybe it's going to be faster than we think. But that's something that is going to happen if you compare the time that younger generations invest watching or playing these things versus the time that they invest in watching football. The difference is is huge and that people very soon are going to be the ones who are supposedly going to buy tickets to go to games who are going to buy jerseys so it's something that that, that is is a, is, is a question it's a question that is going to appear very soon and it's going to, it's going to be very difficult to answer i think properly mm-hmm. there's an awful lot to pick out there but let's track back and see what we've seen so far because last five years or so you had stories of uh, West Ham signed a player, uh, Man City signed a player, some German clubs signed a player. Um, was was there a bit of a scattergun effect? Because we didn't hear much from these players ever since. We don't know what good they did. So, you know, what lessons have we learned so far about what doesn't work, shall we say? I think that they... It's, it's, it's fine when you try to do new things and you do this, launch these little balloon tests to see what happens. No? But I think that the problem is when you try to do these, these tests without a, a long-term vision or a long-term strategy with you. I think that most of these efforts, uh, most of them have been downsized or they have been a little bit abandoned or they have been rethink or you have not seen any football club doing very few football clubs doing something further than that. No, for example, you have uh, Paris Saint-Germain. No, Paris Saint-Germain. I think some years ago they 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 acquired this team and they put on, I think, a, a manager, a manager, a, market, a marketing manager, or a general manager for the team that came from the sports area, from the football area. And these guys were were getting beaten, beat down by the worst teams in the league. Okay, they lose. They were the last ones. And it's very interesting because Paris decided to say, no, we are going to go, I think it was, I don't know, it's Korea, I think, that they go and they buy a team there. And they give that, that management to a, a, people that are expert managing e-sports teams. Not anymore somebody that came from the world of football to manage that, that team or from the sports area to manage that team. No, managers and teams that, that are from their origin, from their origin, e-sports. And now they are a little bit more competitive, you know. So I think that that is an that's an interesting for change, but well, it requires a lot, a lot, a lot of time, and still a lot, a lot of work. But I think that most in most of the cases it has been something like okay, let's test this and let's see what happens. And well, it drops down, 
because we don't have a long-term strategy with this. Well, it was nice to try. Let's downsize this or this, or let's abandon it. So I, do, I personally, I don't see a, a clear strategy um, uh, here. And also, football clubs are acquired teams, you know. So the real power and the real business in this ecosystem is something that is strange. It's, it's also in the teams, but the... The, the big chunk, the, the ones who are making maybe the, the most benefit or something like that sometimes are the publishers, you know, because they are the owners of the ecosystem. No? So it's, it's, very, it's very funny because football clubs are entering in one area in which they are not going to have a, a very high voice here because it's, it's in, it, the power is in the hands of someone else. You know? And, and, and that's, a, that's a really interesting point. And I was going to come to that. The fact is that football has to accept on football clubs, even a club of the Real Madrid size or, or, or whatever, may have to accept a subservient role. And football clubs haven't been built that way and aren't, don't have a strategy built on, on that market position and certainly don't have executives willing to assume that position. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and will that personality issue be a, a big uh, a block in moving forward quickly? Yes, because on, on the other hand, this is not an organization like FIFA that is well organized, but several people, and it's an organization of organizations, and there are clubs who have a saying and stuff like that, or UEFA, if you say, you know, here, no, here, here you're talking about with a private company, you are talking, I don't know, you are talking with Riot Games, or you are talking with uh, Epic Games, or with Blizzard, or with both, but there are private companies, and they say, hey, I create this intellectual property, I, I manage this intellectual property as I like. You play with my with my intellectual property. I give you the right to do that, but I can change the rules any any time. And I am a private company. I ha, I can I don't need to respond more or less to anyone. You know, so that's a very a very difficult difficult situation. That's that's why also, for example, these guys don't. You have you have a lot of pushing of these publishers to us that esports are not considered as sports. You know, because if you consider esports as sports. You have all the ruling of sports. You have in, in in Europe, for example, there are certain rules that government rules that manage and, and well, again, it's rules rules that rules the the way that you manage sports. You need to have federation. You have to have federated athletes and stuff like that. These guys don't want to enter in the in this arena because they are going. The control is going to be out of them and it's going to be inside some uh, governing some some rules from from each country. You know, and they don't want to be. I don't want to be considered as, as a sport, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a very interesting. Every time that you go to this, I have been in one meeting in a very, very big uh, law firm here in Spain. When there's this discussion, there was the guys of these two or three of these companies saying, the lawyer saying, well, but you are going to be a sports and you should, we don't want to be considered sports. We are private companies. If you want, consider us as entertaining companies and consider these guys who play this thing not as athletes. They are not athletes. They are not sportsmen. They are entertainers. Consider them as entertainers because we don't want to pass through the through the through these uh, uh, sports rules because these sports rules put control out of us. So it is very 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 interesting, and they and they have the the pan by the handle. So they are the ones who have the power here, the upper hand. Yeah, I mean, I was at leaders. Um, this week and listening to some of the esports talk, and yes, that absolutely clarifies they're not as fast as we think they are about becoming quote unquote legitimate sports because they've got a massive audience anyway, um, and uh, and they feel that self regulation via the publishers is working for them at the moment and dealing with all the issues 
um, that are coming up in the sport. But what you also have at the moment, because it is so nascent, it is so new, the market value is going up and up and up and up and up. And football clubs or anyone else who wants to get involved, it's going to be cheaper if you do it quickly. However, as you quite rightly said, there doesn't seem to be a coherent strategy and a question about how are we trying to use this and leverage this from the football clubs. So how would you approach this? Is there first mover advantage or until you've got that strategic question correct in your mind, should you stay out of it? Because there'll be an argument saying you're losing money by not acting. The problem here is, is the is the football clubs nowadays are not losing money. You know, it's my opinion. I think that this is a classical uh, innovator dilemma problem. Okay, football clubs still today have uh, their traditional business model or selling broadcasts or selling tickets or selling sponsorships, and these are business models that they know or transfer transfer players. Okay, this business today are still working. Okay, they are still working for that for the big clubs. They they are still working. Okay, for minor clubs, of course, they are working. There are less money, but they are also smaller clubs, no. And there are clubs who are, in fact, not the commercial powerhouses, but they are clubs that live on on making on on nurture players and then sell them. Okay, so all these business models are already are are, are working. Are still working, and they are providing money. But we are sooner seeing something in the in the horizon, okay? We are seeing something that is appearing this this esports thing and the change in the in the in the way that people get entertained and the, and the content and the content that they consuming, okay? But that is something that is still not happening, okay? So football clubs have nowadays not an incentive to enter esports, okay? There is not an economic incentive. They are still not feeling the the, the thing that they say, hey, hey the, the money is being funneled out of the of the sports, okay? People are still going. They see this younger generation maybe changing, but they are not taking that in consideration because in their bottom line, they are not feeling that, that, that impact. So I think that this is a classical innovator dilemma. You don't pay attention to the thing until the, this thing is so big and you are disrupted by it and no one else is watching football. But it's not, it's not happening today. I think it's not going to happen next year. I think maybe it's going to happen in 10 years. Maybe, maybe it's going to be slower than that. We don't know. But right now, there is not economic incentive to enter here. That's why you say, okay, we enter in this digital esports thing because, well, we have these crazy guys in the digital area of the club who are insisting to do this thing. Okay, let's let's make this doing that thing. You have maybe some resources to do that, but you are not the main the main driver here. Okay, so here you have. So that, that that's when you notice that these efforts when they fail, well, they're failed. They, they don't invest more on that. So I think that. Football clubs are in that in that situation. Okay, they don't have the vision, and, and it's not because they are stupid. They they don't have the vision because nowadays their business models are working, and they need to focus on the thing that provides the bread and butter today. I think that the ones who maybe need to be more responsible about that is is bigger than football clubs. I think that maybe the the, the organizations that are more in position to maybe take a more strategic approach here is the leagues, for example. You have here the, the Premier League or you have La Liga in Spain who can sit down and can say, okay, we are seeing that maybe in the future that the whole sports maybe are going to be impacted like that. Can we maybe put together all the food, all the football teams and try together to try to make something in this sport? It's something that that the thing that the NBA is trying to do with, with 2K, okay, with NBA 2K. 
to try to put everyone together and try to create some type of product that can be that have not only one team but a whole ecosystem and try to see if they can do something for the whole sport. Okay, I think that more or less my opinion is that I think that the road, this this blurry road that we have the, um, we have to maybe cross. Is better is is better better position for being approached by by a league, a whole body with managing several teams, and, uh, and providing an ecosystem. Okay, here we have 30 teams who are going to do the same. That only one football club doing the fourth. Is my is my, my opinion. Okay, is a more is a more strategic and more more a platform thing that you have to do that just the fourth of just one guy. Okay. And you can argue they've done that. I mean, you, we have got the the two K, the Y two K league, the NBA league. It's been going for a couple of years. I don't think all the teams are involved in it yet. Um, mm. you, you've had the Premier League get involved. Uh, lots of leagues over Europe are getting involved. Eredivisie Divisie have got involved. I think League One have got involved as well. Um, mm. at, so, so, how have their first steps gone, in your opinion? Because, because at, at the moment it's, it's all focused yeah. on their sport. They're not doing Dota. They're not doing CS:GO. You know, the 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 NBA is doing basketball. The football leagues are doing football. They're not spreading out. They're staying within their lane. As, as yeah, but were. but, but that, that you have you have the, the, the thing that you're saying is that is that is the problem of the of the nature of the of the sport. Okay, one thing that we also we have to take in consideration is that this type of simulator games. Uh, FIFA, Madden, or the, the NBA 2K are not are not uh, are not created for esports. Okay, they they, they are not they are not uh, nice to watch in esports. Okay, people people for some way go and the, the more powerful and uh, and more attractive games in esports are, are these non-real games, fantasy games. Okay, when you fight with uh, with giant with gnomes or when you do go do these shooter games when you kill people, you know, Counter-Strike or players unknown, Battlegrounds or, I don't know, Fortnite, okay? It's this totally crazy thing, okay? If you go and you watch FIFA, FIFA is very boring to watch. So it's very boring to watch. And on the other hand, the way that the game is made is not a game that you win based on ability. The people love to watch League of Legends because you see the guys, uh, the ability of the guys trying to do these strategies or these fast movements to, to kill the, the opponent, Okay. In FIFA, for example, you can buy cards or, or enhancements that can make you so powerful that you're going to beat everyone. So it's not a game that is based on, on ability. So if you compare the, the games that are, if you take sports and you say, okay, let's say sports, of course, is FIFA. Okay, let's go to FIFA. And you go to FIFA and FIFA, FIFA, FIFA 18, Electronic Arts product as a new sports, is not attractive. And you go and you see the numbers and you see, well, FIFA, I think that uh, live sport, for example, I've seen the numbers uh, early, League of Legends in 2018 have 347 million hours watched of live, of live competitions, okay? And you go and you see FIFA, FIFA is in position number 16, okay, with 8.5 million hours. That's nothing. That's nothing, okay? Because, because... Sports as sports, uh, simulators are not attractive. Okay, what it this means? This means that, okay, uh, the football clubs need to stop uh, investing maybe in games like FIFA and they need to go to League of Legends. Okay, you're going to enter League of Legends, okay? Guys with shirts of, I don't know, Paris Saint-Germain killing, killing, I don't know, terrorists in Counter-Strike. The question that we asked before, no? How, how you, you're going to do that to do what? To sell, to maybe sell a sponsorship to, in that game of Paris Saint Germain to your partners. Your partners in Paris Saint Germain want to do that. Maybe, maybe if you 
see Paris Saint-Germain not as a football club, but as an entertainment platform. Football clubs nowadays have the, the time, the resources, the, the time frame to look themselves at entertainment platforms. Football clubs are, are, are focusing in the, in the thing that provides them business today. That is football. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, I don't know if I explain myself, it's, a, it's, it's like who you are. It's who you really are. O sea, entering this thing and doing it well implies that you need to stop being what you are and thinking different. You are not anymore a football club. You are a platform of entertainment. Hey, but I am a football club. I have, I don't know, uh, <laughs> grass fields and I don't know, players with chimpas. What did I do with all these games? You need to start thinking as, as a, an entertainment platform. It's easy to say that, oh, no, yes, we are an entertainment platform. It's very difficult to go to, to real life of a football club and say, no, 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 we, we, we do this, okay? We sell sponsorships, we sell broadcasting rights for these guys, 11 guys fighting against 11 guys for a ball. That's the thing that we do. It's complicated, but it's, it's, in, the, but it's in, the, in, the, in the roots of who you are. This is, a, this is a question of what we are, what we want to be. And maybe it's a difficult question because if you don't answer this correctly, maybe in some years... There's going to be a decline in the interest in, in the interest in football, and that's going to mean uh, actual hits in your in the bottom line of, of, of the of the industry or of the sector. No? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got a 12 year old son who's a a working experiment in this, and he, he's played an awful lot of Fortnite, and he's played a lot of FIFA, and he's played a lot of Titanfall. He hasn't watched a 90 minute game on television, or even probably more than a quarter of a 90-minute game in the last couple of years. Now, as he gets older, he's 12 now, and as he gets older and becomes you know, a, a subscription buyer, why is he going to shell out for, for, for no. cable or subscriptions? And, and, this is what's, and, th- and this is the question behind it, and this is what's coming, and this is why football clubs get involved. And, and just my question on the back of that is people often equate hours played on a game and engagement that way with television viewers and numbers. And they say, well, we've got X million playing CSGO and this show only gets half X. Is that an unfair comparison? It's an, it's, yes, that's the thing. It's an unfair comparison. Yeah, because yeah. It's, diff- it's difficult to compare GRPs, gross rating points from rating from TV, with that, 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 the hours of, of Twitch or this type of thing, because maybe the level of engagement is different. We, we have to agree that there are, both of them are artificial metrics, are metrics that are made of. Why did you believe in GRPs? Well, I believe in TV GRPs because they have been ar- around for more than 60 years, okay? Well, it's, it's something made up, but you believe in that. But if you compare with this other metric that is created by Twitch or by these other companies that are hours view and engagement, is something also a metric that is made up. You have to believe in that. The problem is that you cannot compare both of them because they, they measure things in a different way. You know, that's what, that's the problem. For example, when you go to a, to a brand and you say, "Hey, sponsor my my esports thing, my esports team, or whatever," or how many hours you have? Well, we have and the guys of the esports team start to talking them about. Uh, hours, the hours in Twitch and the engagement, and they say, okay, no, no, but talk me, talk me in GRPs. And the guys don't, cannot, cannot talk in GRPs because GRPs are for TV. This is different, okay? So when they, when they talk about these new metrics, guys at marketing areas or guys at media agencies don't, don't, don't completely get because they say, okay, we understand that this is important, but it's a new metric, and it's a metric that is very difficult to compare with traditional TV, with ratings, and and it not make sense. And when these guys need to go and talk with their CEOs or with, to, to their financial officers, and they say, we are investing in this. Okay, but how are you measuring the results? 
well, this is new metric, and you're comparing that with the actual thing that we have for the last 60 years, well, it's difficult to compare. So these guys have, have a difficult time trying to do that. So both metrics are made up, because and we believe in that, because they are a paradigm, if you want. But the problem is that you cannot compare one of them. And, and each platform has different things. You know, Twitch measuring in one way, YouTube in some other way, Facebook in some other way. There is not an universal metric for these things. So this is an effort that many companies are trying to do nowadays. You know, this is this company, New Zoo, that they are trying to unify the metrics and stuff like that. But it's a work in progress, you know. That, that, that's, a, that's, the, that's the other the other situation. No? What, what is real is there is a lot of attention and a lot of traffic there. And these people who is watching this content are not watching the other content that interests us. That is, in this case, football. No? And, and surely those metrics that are more gaming-based, digitally-based, because they give you more detail, or they've always given you more detail than television metrics from what I understand. Um, uh, certainly t my experience of TV metrics are incredibly uh, opaque and difficult to, to get a handle on, really. And digital's have been a massive advantage there. So surely the brands and the advertisers will move more of the way of digital. Surely the clock is ticking on that, right? Yeah, maybe if, if you if you start offering more, uh, instead of, for example, awareness or views or stuff like that, and you start offering certain levels of engagement, of conversion, Maybe it's possible, no? Betting, betting, for example, is entering in e-games. E and betting is actual conversion, okay, in real time, because you are watching the game real, in real, and you say, okay, I'm, I want to bet. I want to bet against this team that is playing League of Legends against the, their, their enemy. So you bet in real time, no? You have that model. That also, and, and, that's, and that don't goes with the typical rules of traditional sports. And you say, no, 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 no. With traditional sports, maybe the, bet, the, the, bet, the bookies are going to manage how the, the output of the game, and there are a mafia thing down here, and appear, I don't know, the Peaky Blinders, and I don't know who. <laughs> oh, but but, but in, this, in this case, no, because we are a private company. Okay, you want to make betting? Okay, bet. We want to bet. We want to, you want to bet League of Legends? Oh, there is the other thing, the tipping, no? Guys who are playing and you say, hey, you, are li you like how I am playing? Tip me. And they have this little tipping button. When you tip, when you tip these guys and you give money, the people give money to these guys because they like how they are playing. You know? They are like performers, like artists. I don't know, it's like, 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 like this, I don't know. I don't know. Someone told me about this. I have not seen this, about the porn. You say, hey, you like how the lady is dancing? I don't know how. You tip her. It's the same thing. Okay? And there is, there is all these tipping models and, and betting. And that these guys have, and that's interesting for brands. Brands, for example, who say, hey, I see that there is engagement here. Why did I, for example, put my product there? And a product that is something that, that has to do with the sports, you know, some, something endogamic to the game, no? People who are very successful here, that is logical, is, for example, uh, Telefonica, no? who is, or, or I don't know, O2, who is offering broadband connection. And they say, hey, you see how these guys are playing? How this guy killed the other guy in real time without lagging? Because in, in, in the, in, 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 when you're playing one of these games, you lose one second, the other guy killed you. That's why you need a very fast internet connection, because you are re playing in real time and the bullet is not going to have one second later, and you're going to lose. So, hey, companies like that are very successful sponsorship because they are offering something that is very concrete. I think that here, with all the movement, uh, with all the content, with all the speed that this type of content has, the thing, oh, no, no, I just put the, the shirt, and in the shirt there is a name of a brand, and they pay attention to that, I think is less, less interesting. It's too much content nowadays, and too fast.
you, you brought up governance there with regard to betting. There's also doping and cheating and other aspects that 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 will come into that. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's it's left with the publishers at the moment, as we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. Would you know, given that this is, as we said, a, a developing sport, a sport that's still finding how it should govern itself. There's still questions over governance. There's still questions about how it should evolve. What would a couple of scandals in betting, in doping, in cheating, among some major names, do for the possibility of major sports like football getting involved in esports? If it's seen as dirty, like a sport like athletics has had issues with doping, cycling has had issues with doping. There's always these issues of trying to clean it up. And it really affects the the brand value of the sport, the interest in the sport. So given it's so early, would a couple of scandals set it back 10 years, 15 years? Uh, you just, you're saying scandals in eSports that make a football don't want to enter in eSports? Correct, because, because there isn't clear governance in the same way you have in traditional sport. Yeah, yeah, but, that, that's, but that's the problem again. You are thinking as a sports organization that works in the sports that are regulated. You have to understand that this eSports thing is not regulated, that it's not going to be regulated soon, you know, because it's a private company. Our private company is the one who are the owners of the, of the, of the party. So I think that the problem is that, that this, uh, this uh, football or this uh, want to enter to this very clean and very organized thing, and they cannot expect that. It's not going to be clean and it's not going to be organized, you know. So, but, but isn't that the expect- expectation of mainstream spectators and brands of traditional sport that this is what we expect because that's what they equate in their minds? So hasn't esports initially got to adapt or are you saying it's going to plough its own farrel, it's got a great I, I, audience, it's going to be I, fine as it is? I, I think that esports are not... ES, the problem with esports is when they, you put it the, 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 the name sports. These are not sports. Okay, this is not so. This is, this is entertainment. Okay, someone else puts sports, and that's a, that's a mistake. Okay, because they don't want to behave like sports. The problem is that they are creating a huge audience. Okay, a huge audience, and maybe other sports, real sports, want to get interested in that because they think that they are going to lose to lose uh, audiences. But I, I think that the problem is there are, there are two different words. There are two different words and that one cannot impose to the other, okay? Because the other guys, the guys from, from eSports, all the, these publishers are going to say, we don't want to follow any rules. We are, we are great how we are working right now. So, of course, we have some problems of violence or some, some guys get crazy playing or whatever you want. But well, it's, it's our it's our it's our own it's our own our own environment, okay? Yes, maybe we we are not going to play with this guy anyway. But I think that they are not going to create a super body that is going to manage everything. If you were like, if you were sitting in the in the publisher's position, you are going to allow these guys to create that thing? No. Every when you create these rules and these rules don't don't you don't like the rules. You simply say, okay, you want to create that federation with that competitions? I am not going to give you rights to use my game there. So League of Legends is going to be played somewhere else. Boom, everyone go 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 with them. It's different. The problem is that you cannot you cannot approach es esports thinking as 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 a guy who came from sports from traditional sports. You you cannot go with the time frame. That that's a problem that is very difficult. You cannot go go with that mindset. You know. So, all right, so with that mindset, I mean, I was going to ask you, because this is on this original uh, diagram that you drew, about the legislation between 
players and teams, the, the contractual legislation between pl pl players and teams. Now, <laughs> I'm going to be guilty of asking you a question based on traditional sports here, but you know, how is how is that going to work? How is that going to be different to traditional sports? I suppose that that is my lens. That is my comparison. It's, it's because it's because that there is no big governing body that is managed these rules. For example, when, when you I don't know when you are a football player and you want you for example, let's say that you are a club, a club that is uh, get this football player when he was a kid and then he grows, he gets very good, and you sell it to one team and this team sell it to another team and then the guy is I don't know millions and millions and he's Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, but the rule of FIFA that every time that one of these big top players came from club to club, there is a, a, a percentage of that money that goes to the first to the teams that that have that this guy has passed through. You, you know that there is a rule of FIFA that says, hey, this transfer money, part of the transfer money, there is a percentage that is managed by FIFA, and uh, maybe the first and the second club, these little class, when this guy grow up, they are going to receive maybe some some money from from that transfer. Okay, I don't know, I don't remember exactly that name. But you have all these rules, okay? And you have an arbitrary committee in FIFA where there are problems and stuff like that, you know? You don't have the same in this other thing. You don't have the same in this other thing because there is not a governing body. There, these are private companies, okay? These are private companies. Uh, there are also, the contracts with the players are also private con contracts. Are private contracts between these clubs, these e-sports clubs that hire players. They have nowadays a lot of headaches because they say, hey, I work with this player and one day these guys say, well, I don't like you anymore. I have receiving more money for this other guy, so I'm going to this other club. And you have not, and he goes. And you have not there to say, hey, but go to FIFA and they say there has been something bad or to UEFA because there is something that they are doing and I have the right to the player. And FIFA say, no, yes, by the rules, we have a rules and a, and a ruling about transfers and stuff like that. This doesn't exist in eSports. In eSports are only 100% private contracts. Private contracts between companies. It's the far west. It's the far west with contracts. And I don't think that that is going to, to change in the, in, the, in the short term, you know? So that's a problem. That's the, the, the big headache that all these club, the sports clubs have nowadays. You, know? they, you say, okay, we make these contracts with the guy and we make a private contract. And we say, hey, you can go, cannot go and work with the competition for many two or three years. And maybe the guy is going to say, well, yes, I accept, or no, I don't accept. I want to be only one year. So that, but it's case-by-case case basis negotiations. There have been some efforts to try to organize all the clubs here in, in Spain, and I think in, 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 in Germany to organize that, and it has not been 100% successful. There are, I think, some very basic and very generalistic rules, but most of the time it's, it's private contracts. It's on a case-by-case -case basis. It's completely, it's completely alien to what is football, who more or less have certain rules or maybe there are a huge problem, you can go to FIFA. You know? Here is not. One thing that's always struck me about esports players is obviously they're younger and their approach to, for want of a better word, brand around them is a little bit more... I'll say immature, a little bit more juvenile. If they lose a game, they'll go on social media and they'll have a go at people. That contractual situation added to a uh, an immaturity with regard to brand management, shall we say. I is that going to jar with the mainstream perception of what these athletes, if you call them athletes, should be and whether brands are interested in them and whether the mainstream has a long-term interest? Because, yes, 
the audience is growing up with them. Okay, that's fine. But, you know, my 12-year-old son is into certain players now. But at 25, he's not going to, I hope to think, he'll be mature enough not to accept some of the antics that, that these guys have been playing around with at times. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I, I, that, but, but I think that we are having a prejudice here, uh, meaning meaning that 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 that, that there are no no a, a, um, a basic of contracts and stuff like that. That doesn't mean that these guys are crazy and that relationship between clubs and players are are totally I don't know um, how we can say that they're totally crazy or is a frat. frat Fraternity house. No, it's not like that. You know, if you look at many of these young people or young players, some of them are very, very professional. And you go and you see, for example, the bigger clubs here in Spain, they are very serious about how they manage the guys. They bring the guys, they give the contracts. If they accept the contracts, in the contract is very clear what they can do, what they don't can do. They can be young kids, okay, but the clubs are making a lot of efforts to try to uh, make them work like, 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 like professionals, okay? Okay, so inside inside this organization, they, they they try to be very very professional. Of course, there are no general rules. Okay, there are no general rules, but the contracts and the way that they manage yourself. You say here Movistar Riders, or you have here this team Mad Lions here in Spain, or the Vodafone has a team also in Spain. They, they in their dealings, they are very very professional. They try to to nurture these these kids to 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 work very professional. So inside these organizations, they are working very very professionally. Okay. So I think there are maybe some cases, of course, of a guy that appears and says, hey, no, I get drunk or I do that. But they all that time do the thing that you do at, uh, maybe at Arsenal. They do press training. They do a lot of things. You, you go to see these guys and they are very, very professional in their dealings. So I think that that's, that's not the problem. The problem is that there are contracts on a unique basis. Okay, There are not a general, a general uh, for example, rules or stuff like that. Okay. But that doesn't mean that these people are not are not really professional and they are managed more or less very well. Okay, some, some of these guys are very very they are crazy. They they like love to play, but they are very well managed. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know it's increasingly changing. I know it has been a problem that kind of thing, and increasingly teams getting more organised. And I was, as I say, I was at leaders and. Uh, some of the infrastructure around these teams is incredible, but I think that issue is still out there, albeit it's it's changing. I, I accept that. Yeah, but but it's the, it's the same thing that you have in football. In football, each day you have some stupid guy who go inside, uh, I don't know, at uh, Twitter and say something stupid. Okay, even today that we have more ten, than ten years in Twitter, there are maybe some players that go and they do something stupid in in social media. Even today, and we are talking about football, very traditional, very organized, and all these things. And these things are still happening all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's young people, isn't it? It's young people. I mean, I, 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 I would just say the the. I mean, I was again at leaders. Um, someone was saying, "Well, at, at twenty five in esports, you're kind of virtually done, and in football, it's kind of thirty five, isn't it? You'll be virtually done. So there's a there's a ten yeah. year." But you also have younger players in football. Younger players in football that all the time uh, sometimes are doing stupid things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so it, this happen, it's happening all the time because you are talking with... Oh, in all the time, you can find a guy who is 18 years old who is very mature, maybe in football or in esports. Or you can find someone who is 35 and is a complete jerk, you know, so in football or in esports, okay? So it's something... I think that 
Uh, e-sports don't concentrate all that young immature jerks. Okay, immature jerks are all <laughs> immature jerks are all around. Okay, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, how, uh, it's yeah. how you it's how you manage them. Yeah, I, I don't want to get bogged down in that issue because it's not it's not, it's not the biggest issue. Now, my next question though: What if football ignores esports? Some people are dipping their toes in the water, but what happens if if football says this isn't for us? There's too many issues, lack of control. Um, they might argue lack of credibility, different audience. We're we're happy. Is will they fail to address the innovators' dilemma? Maybe it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It's a possibility that maybe not today, not tomorrow, and not from one day to the other. Because there has been big disruption in in history. Okay, you go and you see, for example, Kodak. No, it's the typical example of Kodak. No, making cameras and someone invent the iPhone. <laughs> I think that you have the camera in the phone. No one is, people stop uh, buying film cameras, okay, or cameras like that. So the business of, of Kodak disappeared from one year to the other, okay? I think that in football it's not going to be like that, or in major sports it's not going to be like that. If there is a decline, it's going to be a slow decline, maybe, maybe, okay, or maybe it's going to be some years, okay? I think that if you don't pay attention to this, well, that's what's going to happen. There is going to be less and less interest in, in, in sports and need to maybe change, change itself, no? Uh, and but it's not only esports. For example, nowadays, for example, with all the content that you have, have online, that is not necessary esports. Kids have YouTube, kids have Netflix, kids have all these OTT services that are around that are not necessary sports. Okay, so they have the decision today. They say, "Hey, I watch this thing of the sports, or I go, football, or I go and I watch the, this type of other content that I have online." Not only with younger people, with older people. You have in, in Europe and, all, and in America, and already it's happening here in Europe, the car cutting thing. People who are cutting the cable, 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 gear cable contracts that in the past you say, people, you say, people prefer not to eat, but they aren't going to cut the cable because the cable came with life sports. And nowadays you see people who are cutting their cable subscription for many, many years in the United States because they're saying, hey, I only need an internet connection. And if today I have a very nice series in Netflix, I go and I pay for Netflix this month. I watch, I do a binge watch of the series. And it's and a lot I, cheaper, a lot cheaper. Uh, yes, no, no, and then I cut Netflix. And then I go and I see because there is another series and I go and I watch uh, HBO. I do a binge watch and I cut the thing, cut the thing, cut the thing. You are doing that all the time. That, that There are so much information, so much content available today that, in the past, you have what? You have maybe two or three soap operas, maybe, I don't know, three movies in the, in the TV, and sports. <gasps> Great. You have only five options. Today, you have hundreds of options to watch, okay? And you don't need a cable subscription. You can just go on the fly and internet connection, and you plug and play content. Plug and play content. So that's not only e-sports, and that is going to change the, the nature of, 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 of sports. You are seeing the thing that is happening nowadays with NBA. NBA, since I think two years ago, they say you can go, and nowadays you don't need to buy the, the year package. If you want, you can only watch, uh, buy a package of only one, follow one team. You want to watch only one game? You can buy only one game. And the, the final thing that they have done last year is you only want to buy the last quarter of the game and you go, and the people go, and you can go and buy in NBA the last quarter of the game because every good NBA basketball fans know that the action in a game in basketball happens in the last quarter, in the last 15 minutes maybe. So you buy that. You're saying all this, this um, how you say this, this uh, atomization of the content. 
It's very strange. And they, they are trying to do that. They are saying, instead of saying you the yearly package, we are going to sell you these, these little elements of, of the game for you to buy on the fly just the thing that you want. This is how people consume things today. Well, uh, buy- it happened in music. It happened you, in music, right? With, with- say. You don't buy a CD. What do you do? You buy one song. You don't even buy the song because you don't keep it. You, you go and you pay Spotify or Pandora and you stream the music. You don't own the music. You rent the music. It's com- the, 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 the way that people is consuming nowadays in digital, and it's happened in the last, in the last 10 years, is, 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 is happening already. O sea, people is not getting used anymore to buy the whole year of games. To watch what? To watch maybe three or four interesting games here in the Liga. At least in, in, in Premier League, you have many more interesting games. Here you have, still today, you have, well, you watch Real and the other games are, well, boring. Because they are little teams, no boring teams. No? The, the nice games are three or four, or the games, the games that Real play, maybe. And it's also boring because, well, this year, no. But maybe some years ago, two, two years ago, it was Madrid beating everyone. Today is more interesting because Madrid has been beating up at other teams, you know. <laughs> but, but this thing, if you don't get a more attractive product, it gets boring. It's, and it's, oh no, it's football. Football is king and it's going to be king forever. Mm, careful, huh? <laughs> careful. So, uh, you are seeing some signals. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. In, I, I agree. In, the, in, the, in, in Britain, I think that, I don't remember if it was Sky or something like that, that they say, you know, we are not going to buy... To buy a certain part of the legal rights yes because we want to invest more money in entertainment it was an issue with la liga um i, I think it did get bought up in the end but um i'm not sure what yeah, it is, but, but, but but you start seeing those signals but you start it started for, to be a soft a soft, yeah, a soft demand for la liga and that's a big league and also for the premier league i think that the look that the the british rights for la for the premier league i think in the last the last Four years purchase was lower than the previous four, uh, the previous four one. Yes, that's the second time in Premier League history, and it'll be very interesting yeah, to yeah, see yeah. where it ends up um, yes, ne- yes, yes, next time. Yes. Big indicator, big indicator. It's an indicator. There are little little signals, little signals. At the end of the day, you see, no, no, no. But because in general it's growing, because we have sell international rights bigger than that, so at the end, even more money. But you start seeing these 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 signals, these little little signals. Of course, it's one signal. You have to see maybe three or these four signals to say that there is a trend. But maybe it's going to happen. Okay? Yeah, but, and, but, and, and, and is it cracks in the dam, of course? There's little cracks, little cracks, little cracks. But once the weight happens and once my son's generation grows up, you know, <laughs> every day is working for this change. It's, it's stupid because it's not scientific, okay? It's not scientific. It's not scientific and it's not statistical. But you feel a hunch of this when you go and you go and you see what your kids are doing. I have kids and you have kids. They don't watch football. Nope. They don't watch football. My kid don't want, my, my kid get excited when I say, hey, let's go to a game. And I give him to the game, to the Bernabeu, and we go and we see. But when he get out and he finishes his homework, he runs to play. Uh, now he's playing Rainbow Six. Hmm. And he is shooting people. Okay? Shooting people. Say, yeah, football? No, no, no. And FIFA? Well, yes, sometimes. But they play FIFA and they get bored. Because they get excited about this. Why? Because every time in YouTube they are watching the guys playing these League of Legends or Rainbow Six or all these games or Fortnite. It's not football. Where is football? And this is the guys that is supposed we're going to be the members of the future and the jersey buyers and all these things. Last question, but it's a big one. So your diagram 
said, can football clubs integrate themselves into the esports ecosystem? Okay, so this is a question you've thought about. And of course, you've uh, been um, on the business side at one of the biggest clubs in the world, arguably the biggest club in the world. So how would you approach it? What would be your general thoughts about how to approach it strategically? I think that we, as we say before, is not an effort of one team. Okay, it needs to be an effort or several teams managed by La Liga or managed by only, by only not by La Liga, by by a group of teams or by La Liga itself. But, but it, this this something that this cannot be done by a game. Oh, okay, so okay. so say it is a group or a league. So say it's a group. It's a group. It's a group. And the second thing is. My, my my opinion, okay, is something that we need to maybe discuss more, explore more, is that I think that the, 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 the teams need to transform themselves into a publisher. They need to create a game. And they need to transform themselves into a publisher because they have to create a compelling game, a compelling product, a compelling entertainment game or set of games that are managed by, 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 all, by a holding of these teams. Okay, and they have to transform themselves into a publisher. And the moment that they have this control and are uh, hopefully one day as important as Riot Games or Blizzard or Ball for Epic, maybe, maybe something that they can do because they are going to have a big, a big uh, high hand on the on the handle of the pan. I need that they need to transform themselves into publishers. A football club can be a publisher. I know, I know personally, and I'm not going to go with more details of a, of a, of a, of an opportunity in which in which a football club create a game, transform himself into a publisher of games, okay, put together other 30 teams to create to to work in that game, and and this team was a publisher of game. They create a game, and it was a game who start creating some money, three, four, five million million euros per year, okay, for for the the club that create that game and then partner with these other games. What happened? It came Electronic Arts or I don't know who and say, hey, you have this game. I am giving you the, the paying a lot of money for the rights to you appear in FIFA, but I don't want you to have any games of your own. Kill that thing. Oh, and because the football club is not a publisher of games, they are in that case, they were a publisher of games, but because it's not their natural business, they are a licensing business. They say, okay, no, I prefer to take the money, the, the sure money that is bigger money for the for the licensor and kill, kill this thing that I have created. But this was a very interesting seat, okay? And they, it was, a, it was a, a, a game, a fantasy game that was created by a football club and then this football club put together other 30 teams who are with, a, with a guy who they are partnering the, the developer of the game to, make, to all participate in the game. A game that creates a little interesting money, five million. And they were a publisher of games, very little, very small, but that's how any innovation works. What happened? It came the big business, the logical daily basis of the business, of the sport business, of football business, and kill it. Yeah. You lost that opportunity. Think about ML I put this case all the time. Think about MLB BAM. You know MLB BAM, BAM Tech? Yeah. They put they put together all the in 2000, they put together all the teams in the in the in the, the in, in baseball and they said we're going to create this separate company. They are going to be in charge of all digital things of the MLB. Well, at the beginning, the websites, okay. What they transform today? Bantech is a company, for example, that provides digital infrastructure to not, not only the MLB, to NHL, to ESPN, to many companies. You see, you see HBO, you watch HBO, you watch Game of Thrones, the backbone, the backbone, the technological backbone is Bantech, a company of MLB. What happened two years ago? MLB, MLB, sell, 
Vantage, this company, to, to Disney. I think that it was 2 billion euros. And, and, and they did all these dollars. All this money goes to who? To the MLB. Who says that MLB, a, 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 an organization that is dedicated to baseball, can transform themselves into a technology, or can, can create a technological company and sell it uh, 17 years after that for like three or four billion, billion, billion dollars and transform themselves still into a very powerful, the most powerful technological powerhouse in the sports that exists today. Who can say that? No, we play baseball. You have to, but, but they, they have another way of thinking. They have a platform thinking. Difficult, very difficult for traditional organization, but, but football, like football, for example. That's incredible. That's a, that's a good thought with BAM, I have to say, yes, because BAM are seen as, and of course it came out of the oldest sport in America, with the, the yeah. sport with the oldest uh, clientele yeah. audience, um, yeah. and, and yet they took this tremendous leap of faith. And I remember going there mm -hmm. almost 10 years ago, and they were having bands in and creating content around music, which was a diversification from their core business, but they were prepared to do it. Yeah, yeah, but what is the origin of everything? Baseball. Oh, we can do that. There was a visionary there that was crazy enough to convince the other 35 guys to, to enter in the thing. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Oscar, thank you very much for your time. On that uh, vision of the future, we'll end it there. Thank you it's very much. A very, it's a very blurry vision, but it's, it's future itself. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. Bye. find sports content strategy on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Go to sportscontentstrategy.com for more information and to sign up to the newsletter. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog at mrrichardclark.com.